Trust in God and God will make your path straight and in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Shalom. That's where we start. The peace of our Lord God. But the word peace in shalom terms means a holistic peace. It means being surrounded and immersed in the spirit of our Lord God. It is not about us feeling peaceful in every situation because, of course, there are going to be times when we go through life where we're perturbed and things affect us and we're going to be agitated and we're going to be worried and anxious. But what it does say to us is that we have to remember that God is always with us and we are never alone. And so in this series of Advent, and if you want to follow along with the series that uh, I'm doing, that'll be on the podcast. You can always uh, go online. I'm looking at the faithfulness of God, particularly in, the, in, terms of the, uh, in terms of the Advent themes. Firstly, we started with the faithfulness of God in terms of hope. Our God is ever faithful. So we, having a hope in our Lord God is not forlorn. Because we can see examples throughout our lives, throughout the Bible's lives, throughout the history of Israel, where God was always there and God came to them. So having a hope that God will be here with us and a hope that God will be there for us and take us to heaven, it's not a, it's not a forlorn hope, it's actually our reality. It is a prophecy, it is a, it is a promise to us. So today I look at the faithfulness of God in terms of peace and how the faithfulness of our Lord God restores our peace and centres us in our, Lord, in our Lord's spirit so that whatever is happening around us can happen in many ways. But we know who we belong to and we know who will protect us. In the circumstances we read from Isaiah today, the children of Judah have languished long in exile, and have given up home, have given up their hope to, restore their, to be restored to their homeland. Despair, worry, anxiety is creeping in amongst the people, thinking that, they have, that God has cancelled his covenant with them, and they are abandoned because of their sins. They are in despair. They are no longer a covenant community in the way they have seen themselves in the past. Because they can't access their temple. They sing their songs in a foreign land. A land that was not promised to them. They cannot see God caring for them in a physical sense. Everything around them is foreign. And their wholeness through their, physical, through their ability to see the physical world is not present. And so their health and welfare suffers. In many ways, when God was looking after them in their wholeness, their health and welfare, they had moved from being a holy and righteous people who understood that God was the centre of their lives to people who were living in the primacy of their own power. They were thinking of themselves coming first more than what they could do for the Lord. Advocacy for the poor turned into judgment of the poor. Self-care led to disengagement and of the care that came from the Lord and they thought they could do it all in their own power. Emotional self-protection 
led to self-entitlement at the expense of others. Some of this was happening then, but can you hear those words resonating in our community that surrounds us at this time? Maybe some of these, these words resonate in your spirit and you go, oh yes, I'm, I'm, I might be doing that. It was their desire to remain comfortable that led Israel to the wilderness and exile. Early oracles in the book of Isaiah proclaim God's judgment against all the ways the people have mortgaged their faithfulness for comfort, hoarding wealth, protecting privilege, and garnering favour through political means and conniving military objectives. We speak of creature comforts. We refer to a certain threshold of wealth as a comfortable way to live. Tried and true methods, ideas and even relationships are, being, are described as being a comfortable old shoe. They convey, and yet when we look at our comfort and we think of our comfort, our suspicion comes from those that leave, live uncomfortable lives, from those that might not have what we have. What are they going to take from me? How am I going to, how am I going to feel when they come in? Oh, gee, I don't want to, he's not wearing the right shirt. Especially Jane, especially when I put my, set, my um, Christmas shirt on. She doesn't really like to be close to me. <laughs> you know, those times she's kind of on the other side of the room and I'm over here. But we do have our things, don't we? Where people, where we have a separation between ourselves and others. That is not based on love. Yet, when we look at the gospel, the gospel conveys suspicion about those who would live in personal comfort at the expense of releasing the kingdom. Looking closely today at the gospel, we see the person who identifies and announces the Messiah is not the one with the creature comforts. He's not the one with the big army and the palace and the gold robes. It's someone who lives in the desert and has the most basic food and clothing. Now, I want to be clear. I am not saying that owning things or having, or having an existence is a sin. But what the gospel is telling us today and what Isaiah is telling us today is that it is a sin if it becomes an idol. It is a sin if our constant need for comfort comes at the expense of releasing the kingdom. And it's very important to note that because as we move to try and fill the, the things that comfort us, they don't bring us peace. We cannot find peace in the things that we own. We cannot find peace in the idols that we make out of earthly things. So investing our efforts in them as though our life depended on it is not going to give us an everlasting peace. And if you think I'm misguided, think about all the times that every single year Apple and Samsung put out phones and people go crazy buying them. And yet we have this amazing technology that lasts and, and, is, and we can reach each other and we can have times. And I'm guilty of it because Jane knows that I'll be looking up the events online afterwards on YouTube and seeing oh, what's the latest thing. I'm a bit, I, I like that sort of stuff. But will it cost me the kingdom? No. But for some people it does. And so when we look at our 
our way of living, we see those moments. Christmas is one in particular where we invest so much in the right gift or the right thing that I'm going to give to someone that we forget to see if that person that we're giving it to is in a right heart, is in a right mind, or is in their right spirit. Talking to people during these times, not just giving them a gift, but being the gift for them is a very important thing to do. The peace that we get from living comfortably, we, we say this, we, I, I say, I give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. But the peace that comes from living a comfortable living is not something that surpasses all understanding. If you're living well, and if things are going well, if your job's going well, and if you're getting on with the person that you're working with, if, as a priest, if I'm getting on with my... I have peace. I, getting along with you guys gives me great peace. I hate arguing with you. I hate per- perturbations. When we have the creature comforts and when we have our bellies full, we are at peace. So how does that surpass any understanding? Because my logic tells me that if I have X, Y, and Z... I'm going to have peace. So what is the peace that surpasses all understanding? Well, Isaiah and John the Baptist give us a clue because the the peace that surpasses all understanding comes from the faithfulness of our Lord God. It is not the comfort we have materialistically, but but the words of comfort that come out of our relationship with God. The faithfulness of our Lord God to give us reliable comfort is what God promises to those who navigate those moments of anxiety, despair and worry, as well as those who might be in their really uncomfortable wilderness moments. When God says to you, I love you, when you read in the Bible that there is nothing that can keep you away from God's love, not angels, demons, not a bald priest, no one. No one can keep you away from God's love. In the Bible, the wilderness is inherently a place of discomfort. In the scripture, wilderness represents that which is unknown, feral, uncontrolled and challenging. Whilst in their wilderness period, In exile, Isaiah shares the words that invoke God's grace, providence, truth and love. And sometimes when we strip away all the things that we own, when we are brought down to our barest selves, when we are down at the bottom, sometimes that's the time when we hear God's love. Sometimes that's the only time we hear God's love. And when things are going well, somehow... Our ears don't seem to hear as well. God speaks words of comfort to his wounded children in exile. And we, and we can see that the use of the word comfort twice in Isaiah reinforces the depth of feeling in the hearts of God. From the deepest reaches of God's being, he sets the tone for his people. In their present distress, whatever is happening, they are being comforted and their future history will be restored. With the tenderness, with tenderness, God addresses the children of Judah as my people 
and acknowledges his relationship to them as your God. And what they thought was a broken covenant, what they thought was a broken relationship, is not broken at all. It is actually continuous. It is ongoing and never fails because our God never fails. The faithfulness of our Lord God does not change at any point. All questions about God forgetting or abandoning his people are answered. The covenant he established with their father Abraham and continued through David is still intact. While there is actually no reason to have peace in this space, the people are comforted and find comfort from Isaiah for their holistic selves. And in this space of exile, where they are not on their land, where they don't have access to the temple and they are singing songs for foreigners, shalom is restored. The Spirit of God surrounds them and nurtures them. And that is when we find the peace that surpasses all understanding. That is the time when we find that this peace, looking at everything that's happening around them, they should have no peace, they should have no comfort. And yet, they begin to sing their songs. And then we move on to John the Baptist, into a time a little bit closer to us and one that is more relevant in this season. And I can't imagine he was very comfortable in the wilderness. I think of the camel hair cloak and I I start getting itchy. Every time I read that, I feel, oh, it's, it's a bit itchy, it's a bit uncomfortable in the belt. And, and as a foodie, I'm not sure if I'm ready for locusts. I'm not quite there yet, but maybe I'm going to try that one day just as uh, my own sense of uncom- being uncomfortable. And wild honey, well, I've had a bit of wild honey. It was delicious. So hopefully the locusts will be the same. But the wilderness, it represents everything, everything that we need. Because there isn't much we need from an earthly sense, but there is a lot that we need from our Lord God. And in this backdrop, we see the message of the Messiah coming. Jesus is on earth. The Lord has fulfilled these promises. John, I'm telling you, he's here. He's somewhere. We've just got to wait for him to show himself. I know he's here. The faithfulness of our Lord God brings peace in that moment to those that are with John the Baptist because Jesus has come and the Messiah is there. God has finally broken into the world and sent his son to die on the cross to have victory over death and allow us to have eternal life. As we move through Christmas period, we reflect on Christmas because it draws us into a sense of what is going to be the future, the second coming of our Lord God. And if God was there keeping his word to his people, if God was there with John the Baptist sharing that Jesus was on earth, then the faithfulness of God, the love of God, the care of God for you should give you peace knowing that Jesus will come again. There will be a second coming and Jesus will be with us and he will surround us. And the shalom that the people of Israel could experience in exile is the shalom that we feel here on earth because the whole world is exiled from God at the moment. We are not 
restored as a creation. We are not restored as the people of God. But God promises that. And the history of the Bible shows us that what God has promised, he has delivered. So, as we read about the comfort that was brought to, the comfort that the words brought to an exiled nation, the peace that came with that, can I remind you to have comfort that even living in a world that has been exiled from, from God, we can have peace. And whatever happens in a daily basis, sure, we're going to get it. We're going to get perturbed. We're going to get worried. We're going to be anxious. But the peace of God does surpass all understanding. And it only surpasses that if you let the faithfulness of God enter into your mind so that you can allow his love and care and comfort to enter into your heart and soul. The Lord be with you.